On today's podcast, uh, I'll talk about Miami's win in Boston, Tatum's fourth quarter, what really happened, and a question about Jimmy, or an observation that I don't know that we've really talked about before. Bob Ryan will talk some playoffs with us as well. We've got life advice, a little uh, travel pod, cheeseburger style, I'm not sure. All right, but we do have this announcement. Uh, we're headed back to the East Coast for a live show in New York City right before the NBA draft. We'll be at the Gramercy Theater on Tuesday, June 20th. And you can grab your tickets now at universe.com slash Rosillo 23. That's universe.com slash Rosillo 23. Come on out. Uh, we'll preview the draft. That's only going to be a couple days away. Uh, we've got a great guest lined up and of course we're going to do some live life advice again Gramercy Theater in New York City on Tuesday June 20th you can get your tickets at universe.com slash Rosillo 23 grab your tickets while they are available it's Ryan Rosillo podcast presented by FanDuel the road to the NBA final starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action right now you can check out the new and improved quick bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. La Quinta by Wyndham has everything you need for your next business trip from free high speed Wi Fi to fitness centers to free bright side breakfast with fresh waffles, eggs, and more. Book direct at lq.com. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Miami Heat going to Boston and take down the Celtics game one up in the series. What else is new? The Heat have now won Game 1 openers on the road in three series in a row at Milwaukee, at New York, at Boston. They're the fifth team to ever do it in NBA history. Uh, the 99 Knicks, who had a much different situation with a shortened season. We've been over that before. They were only six games behind the one seed loss to the Spurs in the finals. And then the 81 Rockets, if you go back and look at how weird that was uh, for the Rockets for a couple of years, and then they lost in the finals. So Miami continues to do the impossible. And yes, I picked Boston. I picked Boston because I figured they would slowly figure this out. And I just think the team is better. And Miami is challenging all of those things, they continue to challenge it. So I'm going to do a bunch of uh, Jimmy Butler stuff here at the end and present a theory on Jimmy Butler that feels almost impossible to do that he's accomplishing. He's doing something right now that I actually think is impossible. Before we do that, I want to run through the fourth quarter for Jason Tatum. Uh, it was Miami shooting. It was a shot making. I even thought there were some stretches defensively where it looked like Boston was going to be fine. In the second quarter, when Boston went on a little bit of the lead, I was like, okay, this is normal. And then... Uh, Miami scores 46 points in the third quarter. And while it was happening, because it felt like it happened with such of a flow and there was no Missoula timeout, which people are obviously very upset about, which I you know, I would agree with on that one at some point, just break it up. 46 points in a quarter for the Heat is a playoff record. And as it was happening, you were like, wait, how many did they score? And then you go back, you're like, look real quick. I also, by the way, had a weird situation at the hotel room where, of course, my TV went out on a few channels, and one of those channels was TNT. So I had to watch it on the feed because I couldn't log in somehow. 
So I watched the all, not all 22, but I watched the all 10. So I'm behind the basket watching. And in a way, it actually gives you some good perspective on how teams do stuff and how they want to attack. There's all nat sound. Although when Marcus Smart is looks like he's injured and going to the tunnel, they kept the camera on Marcus Smart and I missed like three possessions. So that was awesome. Um, but part of the talking points for this morning, Tatum, no field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. Now, when you hear that, you think a lot of things, right? Especially if you didn't watch the game. You're like, wait, this dude? Thought we just got through this. Remember the one for 24 combined first half start against Philadelphia in games, what was it? Four, five, and six? Like, that's impossible. One for 24, like, how do you do that? He closes out Philadelphia in game six with hot shooting, then carries it over and has the best scoring game seven in playoff history. So you're like, okay, things feel good. Then you hear that, right? And if you weren't watching closely, and there's things that I miss depending on what I'm looking for, but if you weren't watching closely, you may go like, wait, Tatum had zero field goal attempts in the fourth quarter? That seems bad. Was he not up for it? Was the Rosillo guy a little more hardened? Is he going to crush him for it? Because that happens all the time. Um, so I went back and looked at it again. And guess what? That's a little misleading. Now, the fourth quarter was bad, and he was bad, but we'll get to it. All right, 8.06, he checks back in. It's 108-100. They push it in transition off a miss. Tatum's behind the play. White pulls a three. Tatum wasn't even in the possession. That makes it 108-103. Um, at 110-103, Brown misses a three. Tatum was on the other side, not in the play. Next possession, Jalen Brown, an early turnover. It was so early into the shot clock that Tatum was never going to have the ball. So there's three plays there where he doesn't look like he's involved in the play as he stepped back in, but two of them, he was just never going to be in the play to begin with. All right, 112, to make it 112-105, um, they were running this action on the left side where Tatum was setting a screen for Smart and they were hoping to get something off of that and they didn't. And then the announcers are even starting to talk about it because I watched it again this morning. Um, but at this point, Tatum actually was basically just like, look, I need the ball, drives, get free throws. See, that's the thing with field goal attempts. They don't count when you're fouled uh, and you go ahead and take free throws. So that makes it 112-105. Um, then Tatum loses the basketball Jalen Brown recovers the loose ball like a fumble in the paint. They score a layup. It's now 114-107 Miami. Um, next possession, Tatum goes quick baseline drive, gets fouled, gets free throws again. So he's actually attacking a little bit more than the people today would tell you that he wasn't doing anything in the fourth quarter. That makes it 114-109. Um, Tatum sets a ball screen, but he doesn't really set it on this one for smart. He slips it to go one-on-one against um, Caleb Martin, but then Smart passes it over to Brown, who misses a three. So on that one, you could say, hey, they should have got it to him. He could have been really with the summary that I'm going to get to here is there's only a couple of possessions where you're like, okay, you should have gotten it to him there. And then it would have felt like you were completely forcing the issue to him in the fourth quarter. All right. Uh, Jalen drives hard, passes it out to Horford. Horford misses a three. Tatum's on the other side. There's an offensive rebound. Horford gets it again throws it to Tatum, but it's an awful pass. And this is where Jimmy Butler turns into Ed Reed and starts picking off all these passes in the middle of the floor. You want to know why? Butler is smart and he's good and he's playing the passing lanes. Collectively, from this point on, the Celtics passing was atrocious. The next play for Boston, it's still 114-109. I thought this was the play of the game. Tatum gets switched on to Max Struess. 
Struess has got him one-on-one at the top of the key, and Struess locked him up on this possession. Tatum couldn't get by him, couldn't get free for a three, which is very rare. I mean, Tatum's very, we just had Larry Nance Jr. on about this one. Like, if Tatum wants to get that separation because he's comfortable stepping back or fading away, even leaning back a little on threes, it's just a really tough shot to deal with. And Struess didn't give him a driving angle, stayed upright, stayed in front of him, didn't foul, didn't reach, and then still got to the point where Tatum didn't really know how he wanted to get the shot off. So guess what Tatum does? Theme here, awful pass to the middle of the floor for Jalen Brown, stolen by Jimmy Butler. All right? At this point, Jimmy Butler's going to be like, hey, these, do these guys suck? What's going on here? Uh, it's 114-108. Brogdon drives, gets free throws. It's 114-109, excuse me. Brogdon makes one or two free throws. So it's still a four-point game. Okay, so 117-110. Tatum decides he's going to start picking up the aggression here, uh, but he gets stuck on the left side. The play was absolutely for him, and he travels. He just travels on the baseline, all right? That's not a lack of shooting. That's just a bad turnover. Um, Brogdon drives. Next possession, Al Horford offensive rebound. Kicks it out to Tatum. Tatum travels again. Didn't know what he wanted to do. He was behind the three-point line, kind of thought he wanted to take take a three, decided to change his mind. Uh, he lifted both feet. I looked at it again this morning. Both feet were off the ground. It's a travel. It's a right call. It's a bad turnover. Another one for him. Smart layup makes it 120-112 Miami. Um, then Tatum goes to drive versus three guys. Two collapse on him. He gets fouled. I thought it was a bad foul call. More free throws. Kind of a bailout. Hits two more free throws. So the box score says zero field goal attempts in the fourth quarter for Tatum. What really happened here was the six free throws, two travels that were terrible. He had a bad pass to Butler, so it's kind of three turnovers there. Um, he also lost the ball that was recovered by Jalen Brown in the layup, so you could argue it's four turnovers. Uh, Horford was trying to pass back to him one. That was another turnover. So this wasn't really about him being out of the offense. It's actually worse. He was in the offense more than people realize. He just was really bad. So let's talk about turnover rates. Of the 16 playoff teams, the Celtics are the fourth worst in turnover rate in the fourth quarter. That is bad. Let's look at Tatum and Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter. Turnover ratio out of 100 possessions. Uh, Tatum's at 12.2. Jalen Brown's at 13.5. Actually not terrible, Okay, even though the team collectively is turning the ball over a lot. Uh, We saw it against Atlanta. Uh, We saw it against Philly. And you saw it last night. If Miami is going to shoot the way they shot and Butler's going to have those moments and you're going to turn the ball over for them and make it that easy, you're going to lose the series and Miami's going to be playing for an NBA title. All right? So as I look at the Jalen and Tatum fourth quarter turnover rates, although not like alarming off the charts bad, there's other really good players that have some that are worse that are other players that are better than them. It's not great. It's not the end of the world. The difference here, though, is Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. This is a staggering number. His turnover ratio per 100 possessions is 4%. Four times out of 100, he's turning the basketball over. That is taking care of the ball. Let's stay on Jimmy Butler and ask a big question here. All right, so if we keep with some of the numbers here, per 100 possessions for his team, 
Uh, during the regular season, Butler's averaging 34 points. In the playoffs, it's over 39 points. That's fourth of any player in the playoffs right now. Behind Jokic, he's good. Anthony Edwards, love him. And Booker, who was like off the charts, all right? Butler's fourth. And that's after actually not making any threes in the second round, which I was like, is he kind of spent maybe? Sneaky tired a little bit? Uh, nope. His usage rate in the regular season hovers around 25. In the playoffs, it's like 31, which is a lot. When you're north of 30, that's a high usage uh, percentage. And yet, he becomes more efficient. That's not supposed to happen. That's like the Steph Curry stuff early on where it's like, okay, well, look, his shooting numbers are absurd. But if he has more volume, eventually he's going to fall off a little bit. And then Curry had this year where it's like he actually became more efficient with even more volume which is a really special neighborhood to be in. And Butler is actually doing it during the playoffs. Like, I don't like the MJ stuff for anyone, but what he did last night, it's like, if you're not going to let anyone have any moment that's compared to what Jordan would do during these playoff games where he would just take over. Again, I think the steals Celtics made up really easy for him, but he's also smart enough to be in the passing lane, already covered. Um, if he's not allowed to at least have have the picture-in-picture picture 1980s high school yearbook silhouette thing with Jordan in the background and then Butler sweaty in the uh, in the foreground, like, then who is? Again, I'm not calling him Jordan, but, like, this is some real Jordan shit we're seeing here because this is what he did, kids, if you go back and watch it. If you looked at the Heat shot chart, put it side-by-side side with Boston, You'd think you'd be like, all right, don't give me the score. Here are the shot charts. Look at Boston. Look at Miami's. Who won? You'd be like, oh, Boston. <laughs> and they didn't because this is what's happening here. Michael Pina of The Ringer, great tweet last night. Um, Miami shot quality around 45%, right? Tracking data. How open are you? How many were contested? What kind of shots were you actually taking? All that kind of stuff. Like their shot quality wasn't off the charts last night. It was, it was less than 45%. The problem for the Celtics is the effective field goal percentage was like 63%. So it was plus 18 better than like what you would have thought. And the crazy thing is they already outdid that in game one against Milwaukee. So like some real stuff's happening here as they continue to win on the road. But I want to finish with this. Well, let me let me finish with this also. It's game one. It's game one. It's game one. I mean, look, we saw the Clippers win game one against Phoenix. We saw... The Warriors lose game one against Sacramento. I actually really was impressed with L.A. hanging in that game one in Denver, to be honest with you, um, because it started really bad. And even though I think every team kind of makes up some space in a basketball game, uh, I don't think there's many teams that would have responded as well as the Lakers did in Denver, considering how that game started. Um, so there's look, there's other teams that have won game one that ended up going ahead and winning the series. Again, Miami's a perfect example of that. But think about who Butler's becoming. He is a player without rings becoming way more popular than players with rings. He is somebody that somehow is in a different category. And this isn't a knock. It's not a criticism. It's a compliment because of how rare it is. Jimmy Butler doesn't get shit that guys with rings get. I didn't even think that was possible until I started thinking about it this morning. There's more dudes dogging Kevin Durant with two rings, and I get why than there would ever be for Jimmy Butler. And that that's the Jimmy Butler category. I don't think there's younger players, fine. I don't think there's any player that's been around as long as Jimmy Butler 
and has one finals appearance where I didn't really think they had much of a chance to beat the Lakers a few years ago. And it's all okay because that's how special it is and how great this Miami story is considering how we look at their roster, certainly how I look at their roster, and I think how non-Heat fans look at their roster. To have this high of approval rating without the history that we demand of the other stars is a pretty remarkable feat on top of everything else he's doing every night. This NBA playoffs, you can get in on the action right from the first tip with FanDuel. Right now, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every weekend when you bet the NBA playoffs. That's right. Just place a three-plus leg same-game parlay or same-game parlay plus on any NBA playoff game, and you'll get bonus bets back even if you don't win. All right. So there's a play here that I've been thinking about based on the adjustment with the Rui Hachimura and Anthony Davis roaming. I imagine is I'll probably go with more of that, but I also imagine Jokic will be more ready for it, and Aaron Gordon maybe won't be positioned standing at the baseline the entire time, which clogs some things up. So because of all of that, I'm going to go Jamal Murray under 31.5 and Aaron Gordon over 15.5. So feel free to use that, as you will, by adding them up. All right, FanDuel has great promotions every day and a safe and secure app that pays you instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N, and get a no-sweat same-game parlay every weekend of the NBA playoffs. That's FanDuel.com slash Ryan, FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued with non-withdrawable bonus bets. Inspire 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com forward slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com forward slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP. In Louisiana, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit mahelpline.org forward slash problem gambling in Massachusetts. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-389 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it had been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy? Probably should call. I was like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I don't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient the insurance game has become. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, just like I did, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. The app was so good, I didn't even need to do that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. The legendary Bob Ryan joins us. We're going to talk some basketball, but I think we'll start uh, in his hometown last night. 
what did you make of the start of this series, Miami's win in Boston game one? Before the season started, I said that this team, though talented, was annoying. Uh, they, 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 they have lapses. And, uh, uh, and now I'm, uh, there's no reason to change that. It's been the same gone scenario all year and, and through the playoffs. Uh, I'm not panicking or giving up. This is who they are. They, they have these, these lapses. And uh, that, that, that's an unforgivable third period. Uh, to give up 46 points, period. That, that's just not not uh, uh, laudable. It's awful. Uh, how about the two last third periods? They go from 33 to 10 uh, up to 46-25 down. And uh, uh, I'm saying that they're going to make their fans work for this. Uh, you know, I'm not this – is, this is just their nature – and uh, it's obviously it's not going to change. They may stumble their way to a 2023 championship, but it, it won't be pretty. What do you think that is? How do you think that happens? I, I don't know. I mean, you think how many times do they have to learn their lesson? This team has a history over the last couple of years of colossal lead blowing uh, and 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 let down games. Uh, when and now coming off that that high on Sunday and you think that the uh, and, and the way they play defense in that third quarter you you think they would understand particularly against a tough-minded team such as the Heat uh, and who they publicly profess to have respect for but uh, I, I, I don't know and uh, then of course we have the, the coaching issue which I have tried to support you know downplay but which uh, last night in that third quarter to, to not call one time out in that in that period is, is, well, it's not forgivable. And then I, I'd like to know where the assistants are to say, Joe, Joe, wake up. Where's Brad running down from the stands and saying, Hey, Hey, you got to call a timeout. Uh, the spirit of red must be going out of its mind up there in the great cigar smokers home in the sky. Um, come on, Joe, what is that all about? And I'm, now I am concerned. And that 24 hours ago, I wouldn't have expressed this concern, but that really bothered me. Where are you with uh, Missoula? Because I, I know your buddy Simmons here. I don't know. I think it's almost like the job. If you're passionate about this team, you're <laughs> going to find things that you have problems with. Um, but you've seen it now for a year. What do you think? I wanted to give him the benefit. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt on the for one very simple reason. Brad Stevens hired him. Brad Stevens is no dummy. Brad Stevens had faith in this guy. Brad Stevens was willing to turn the keys of the car over to this guy, and 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 that I'm, I'm impressed with that. And, and there's been ups and downs this year, but I thought that things were getting better. And certainly I felt good after Sunday. And but this timeout thing, this, this quirk of his, we thought that he had gotten out of that. Uh, that was a big issue in the beginning of the season. And then this time went on that he actually started to call some more conventional times out. Uh, but this, this thing, this is bothersome. But uh, they want to play for him, supposedly. We know that Jason Tatum is his biggest booster uh, and and so forth. Uh, I I know he's not a dumb guy. I mean, obviously, and uh, there's a reason for why he's going at age 34 up the ranks so quickly. But still, uh, he's certainly they're going to be out coached in this series. But then again, almost anybody in the left is going to be out coached by Eric Smolstra. Uh, we we accepted that. But um, and once again, one, of the, one, one thing here, though, and we're talking about Joe, I understand. I won't jump ahead of the game. So all right, I'll stop right here. <laughs> <laughs> OK. All right. Uh, no, let's go. No, to the I, mean, I have side. something to say, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting to get asked. The, the, well, it's simply we uh, people 
we, we, and I'm guilty at times too, expect too much out of any team at any time. In other words, there are going to be lapses. Nobody's perfect. No one has ever swept their way through the NBA to the, through the finals. One team came close. The faux five faux 83 Sixers of Moses Malone, uh, where the, where the, had the greatest rampage through the final, to the final, through the finals, to it. And no one's ever, you're going to lose games. You're going to, you, 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 as a rule, you're not going to sweep very often. They're not common. And, and they're certainly not common in the deep into the playoffs. And I accept that there's going to be ups and downs. And, and, and in the end, you hope that the better team, you know, wins if it's all fair and square. And, and that's fine. And the Celtics still have plenty of time, obviously, to dig out from the hole. They're getting used to this. They, they went through this uh, kind of scenario last year. Uh, they went through it uh, in the uh, Philadelphia series, losing game one. And they certainly can rebound and they can win anywhere. We know they can win in Miami. They can win in Mars. They can win anywhere. And that's fine. But why they put their fans through this <laughs> and their coach and their owner and their, I don't know. Uh, that third quarter is, 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 is just not forgivable. Okay, let's talk about the Heat side of this because uh, the Butler story, I would say, with Jokic, I mean, there's a couple other things we could pick from, but he is building towards being the story of the playoffs. And I know anytime there's some of the revered names come up, uh, including one guy with the initials MJ here, I, you know, I, my first instinct is to like recoil, be like, wait, that, you can't do that. But what he's doing, what he's doing in these moments and taking over some of the stuff, I think they made the steals kind of easy for him last night. But like, there's just not many people that actually do this. And it's just a different profile because throughout the regular season, he's never talked about as one of the five best players in the league. And yet here he is again, where he's taking over the way a Jordan would take over these playoff games. Like Jordan didn't have some other version of this that was even beyond like what Butler is doing is all time stuff. You are correct. It's an unusual phenomenon, and and it's not like uh, it, it, Michael. It's not like Kobe. It's not like Larry. It's not like Magic. Uh, this is his own uh, identity. It's his own shtick. His own mo. Uh, only he knows why uh, this happens, or, or 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 maybe he doesn't even know why it happens. Maybe he just he just is himself. It's who he is. He's cold blooded in these circumstances, and, uh, and 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 he rises to this occasion continually. Um, and you're right. He's not discussed in the in the upper Fser line during the season. There's no reason to put him there. And then when this playoff thing comes, he becomes this other creature. You know, Robert Ory, you know, was a, a, a tremendous playoff player. Uh, and, and at this level, he was different. But certainly, you know, we know he's the man with the many rings and clutch baskets and big plays. And, and uh, um, he wasn't, um, in, in February, you weren't talking about Robert Ory, but he sure were in April and May. And that's the same here with Jimmy Butler. Okay, do you have, despite uh, your upbringing, do you have a picture of Spolstra in your house somewhere? <laughs> no, I don't. I have an, an image in my mind, of course, but uh, no, I do not. <laughs> I All don't right. have. I did not know of Eric Spolstra, uh, you know, until until he got the job. Uh, maybe vaguely I knew of there's some assistant there, but I doubt it. I'm like, I probably learned about him the same day that everyone else did when he got hired by Pat Riley. What do you think makes a great coach? I mean, he clearly is the guy. He's the best in the business. He's doing it again. He's proving it because I still can't get the past the thing, roster. Well, the yeah, number one thing is, uh, are they going to buy what you're selling? You got to have something to sell, and and they're going to buy it. And 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 if, uh, and and how do you get them to buy it? Uh, and and that's that's the trick. And 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 uh, how about this? Uh, so Casey Jones was Exhibit A. He was a he was not an X and O guy. He was a guy who knew how to win games and somehow and he knew how to uh, appeal to jocks 
in a way that not everybody could. Uh, and he, he was, but certainly he never worried. You never worry about the X's and O's from him. Uh, so there's different, uh, there's different attributes, but in the end, can you get them to buy what you're selling? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Cause the Casey Jones part of it felt more like managing, like, Hey, the team's awesome. It's fine. And it can feel a little insulting at times to be like, don't, don't break it. You know, don't break the thing that you have, but he was, it, he was the perfect guy for the 85, 86 Celtics who were deep with veterans, stars, hall of famers. Uh, 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 you know, any button that button he pushed was, 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 uh, you know, rewarded the next year when they were not deep, when they had all kinds of injury problems and they needed a, a quote unquote real coach. He couldn't, he, he, he was uh, out of his element and he was never the same again as he was in 85, 86. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, he, he wasn't, that wasn't, but he was the perfect guy to stay out of the way and just get them to tell him what time to bus lead. Uh, in 85, 86, but he was not the perfect guy for a team afterward. That's, that, that's the case. So, uh, uh, that, that I'm just, I don't want to go, you know, picking on pro cases, but that's, but that he was a, he was a rarity that you could succeed at, uh, while being as technically, uh, uninterested and, and as knowledge, unknowledgeable about the league as he was, you can't believe the, the, the stuff he didn't know about the, who, who the players were. <laughs> Wait a minute. Really? If you put, if you gave, I used to say, if you gave every coach in the league a yellow legal pad and said, you have a minute or two, two minutes, name, just name as many players in the league as you can, he'd finish last. But when a game started, uh, they wanted to play for him. They're his guys, those guys, that particular group. Uh, and, and the way he acted day in, day out, the you know, what, uh, in his manner, uh, and, 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 and the, the, didn't pre- put a lot of demands on them and defied, they were happy to go through the wall for him. But, uh, trust me, uh, he followed, I followed the most anal guy ever Bill Fitch. He knew everybody. He knew not only every player in the league, he knew we were at the high school, where we were at the college, what their kids' names were, uh, who their coaches were. He knew everything. And I, I got used to that. And then suddenly it was KC who, who was, uh, you know, I think we're playing tomorrow night at seven 30. Who are we playing? Well, when you have that team, um, I think I can understand it. I can understand it a little bit. Uh, who is your least favorite coach? Uh, you know, I didn't dislike any of them. I mean, dislike personally, or there's no reason to, to, to uh, dislike any of them, uh, whether it was uh, uh, even Bob McKinnon, uh, you know, who we remember. Certainly, uh, Chris Ford. I loved Chris Ford as a person. He's, I would say he was like your next-door neighbor who just happened to be the coach of the Boston Celtics. As normal a human being as a coach can be in professional sports, I thought was Chris Ford. Um, of course, uh, of course, I love Doc. I'm, I'm an un, I'm an unrequited Doc uh, syncopan. I love Doc, um, and and you know, no, I don't. I didn't that. I I didn't have any friction personally with any coaches and in, in, of the Celtics. And uh, you know, uh, I just Casey was. Interesting. I like Casey. You, you could not like the man, but it was just phenomenal. Uh, his his his. You know, uh, style was was just so specific to him. Nobody else could pull it off. Okay, um, how much joy do you have watching Nikola Jokic? Where would he be on your joy rankings for Bob Ryan all time? Uh, on a one to ten, about a nine. No, uh, but who I would mean, be ahead of him? I, like I can't. Well, I, I mean, um, 
Well, no, he, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a Larry guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Obviously I love Larry. I, uh, uh, you know, I did a book with Larry. I feel close, you know, not close to Larry now, but, but, but certainly I feel, uh, that he's somebody I know and, and I love watching him play. I, and I always put it this way when he came along, which was 10 years into my career of, of covering the NBA, it, it was 10 years in, <clears throat> um, it, it, it was as if I had signed up for an art course, but I wasn't sure who the professor was. I just knew I wanted that course. And then when the professor walked into the first day of class, it was Michelangelo. And that's the way I feel about Larry Bird walking into my basketball life in 1979, because all the things I loved were encompassed in this one man about how to play this game and, and see this game. And, 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 and it was, uh, it, it, it was, you know, it was love. It, it was romance at first sight for me as basketball. And and uh, and never and never abated, you know. And uh, um, I'm just so happy that he entered my basketball life as well as my personal life. And and uh, he, he'll always be my favorite guy to come uh, to cover uh, on the court, uh, as as opposed to my favorite overall total package of playing and personality and curiosity and wonder and, and all that. And that's Dave Cowens. There's never been anything like Dave Cowens for a total package of of somebody to cover. But in terms of the basketball itself. Uh, Larry Bird, but Jokic is, oh my, you know, he is, he, he sees the floor, uh, he, he, he's a team oriented, he, he, you know, the, the stuff he does, I mean, that, that, you know, the three pointers that he casually tosses in, and I'm just talking about the one that beat the buzzer halftime, which is ridiculous, but, but just in general terms, uh, and uh, he's, a, he's an absolute pleasure to watch. I have to, if you love basketball, you have to love Jokic, unless he's, you know, beaten up on your, on your team. I have another Jokic and some Lakers follow-ups here, but I don't know that I've ever asked you about this. I think I always ask you about a Larry Bird story, but I read Drive years after it came out. Again, the story of my life that Bob wrote with Larry Bird uh, came out, what, 1990? Um, um, 80, 88, yeah. 88, okay. I guess I got the reprint uh, date here. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, so how do you pitch the book idea that everybody wants to do? Now, you could... I'll just make some assumptions here. One is you can't ask Larry right away, but then you also have to kind of outflank other people. You have to work on building that relationship so he eventually picks you. Then he has to pick you to have it be the right time. Can you take us through all the pieces of knowing how to work the relationship enough to know when it's the right time while also not worrying about somebody else getting in front of you? I'll start with the the kind of the semi-conclusion, which is how it came and when it came about which was at the all-star game in Chicago in, in 1987. And, and, uh, we were, uh, at, at, at a gathering, uh, and, and he, he said to me, I'm ready to do a book. You want, I want you to do it period. Simple as that. And I'd like you to do it. And, uh, that, 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 there was no negotiation. There was no me begging Larry to be my, be the man. He came to me and said, I want you. And, I think it was logical. I had the best relationship with Larry. Uh, the first time I ever talked to Larry, was in the uh, summer of 79 uh, after he had uh, signed and um, he uh, was there was <laughs> it was a, a a story for us magazine and uh, the interview was going to take place at uh, Bob Wolf's house which was this agent who was a uh, lived around the corner from Larry Larry had truly Larry bought a house right around the corner from uh, <clears throat> from agent his agent and it was uh Smart kind of laying down the groundwork, you know. Yeah, it was. He was laying down the groundwork, you know. You, I'm not going to be at your. You, 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 I'm, I'm going to keep my house sacred, but uh, you know. 
anyway, so we did the interview and well, as it, I was covering the team and uh, his rookie year and, and, you know, interaction, this is the old days when you really had access. You went to practice every day. You went in the locker room before an hour and a half before you just sat around and shoot the breeze. Uh, you, uh, you rode, uh, uh, on the buses with them. You went uh, at the, on the planes with them. You went out to dinner with them. You went out drinking with them. <laughs> All those things happened. And, uh, and, and he, uh, uh, he actually told people at the end of the, of the, uh, first year, uh, oh, the, oh, Bob Ryan, he could be a coach. Well, that's crazy. Of course. I, I, I did coach at summer league one time, but, but, uh, you know, we, we hit it off. He respected my basketball intelligence, I guess, or and curiosity and, and, and love and, and, and we just hit it off. And, and, uh, I mean, and so I, if anybody was going to do a bird book, frankly, in 1987, it should have been me. And it was. Okay. All right. There's the answer that I wanted. All right. So let's get back to the West then. Uh, I've argued I probably the last two years when talking about Luca that if I need a bucket, he might be my first pick of anyone in the entire league. Like if I need ball in the hands, mm. give me a good look, mm. it might be him. And then I started thinking about it watching Jokic again because I love that game one. I actually feel good about L.A. even after game one because I was like, you know what? They yeah. came back. Most most teams would have gotten destroyed with the way that game started. So I think there was actually some positives in there for the Lakers. Um, but now I'm watching Jokic going like, am I arguing semantics if I say I have one possession? So it's not get me a bucket, mm-hmm. but I need the most out of this possession, which ultimately, ultimately means then Jokic is still the best option of anyone in the league. If, it, if you have to maximize the possession, <laughs> I actually don't think there's anyone better than Jokic in basketball right now. Well, it's interesting to come that the comparison uh, uh, on how they go about it and, uh, uh, and Doncic and, 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 uh, you know, so, uh, they each move at their own pace, which is 45. It's not 33 and a third for those people who know what that means. It's not 78 for those people who know what that means. It's 45 and they go, they, and they never change. They never deviate. They can, and they can each go anywhere they want to go when they want to go, even though they don't appear to be very quick. Uh, I'm not sure. That's an interesting, I never thought about it. Him, uh, either one of them in terms of that necessarily, I still would think that, I'm um, thinking Curry because he can get any shot off he wants because he can create space always. He can always create space for himself, no matter where he is. And and plus he can go to the basket. But uh, that, it's it's just I just uh, uh, I can tell you the Celtics will tell you that Doncic is beating him with last second shots more than once. And uh, <clears throat> and certainly Jokic can <clears throat> get a shot, but then he can be guarded. You know, you saw Anthony Davis block that shot beautifully the other day. Uh, guy, you know, there's a few people that could you know deter him a little bit. But uh, for the most part, uh, you know, you'd be pretty safe asking him to be the guy. Watching LeBron in his twentieth year, is there is there anything left for you? I mean, we're we're both getting paid. We're both getting paid to talk about this stuff. I don't. There's certain nights where I'm like, okay, here he goes again. Where are you? Well, I'm. I'm. I'm, You know, I'm a vocal opponent of the three point shot, which I honestly and truly feel. And here you go. Ready? It's the yep. worst thing to happen to basketball in my lifetime. It has distorted the game at every level. It has altered the concept of how to play the game that used to be always inside out. Uh, now it's out, outer, and curry land. And, and uh, that's the game. And everybody's emulating it. And then talking about eight-year-old kids in you know, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, are crack, cracking up threes. And, and, uh, it, it, and when you see people pass up layups continually to pass to some guy in the corner to clank a three, it, it does bother me a great deal. Uh, the, the dependence on the three uh, is, is, is just, and, and it is the game. It's not going anywhere. We're closer to a four than we are to abolishing the three. I understand that. 
uh, it's not the same game that I grew up loving. I don't enjoy it as much. Uh, and, and I still can enjoy it. And, and it's still important to me. And, and, and that's fine. But I'm not going to lie. It, it isn't the same game. And it's, well, everybody knows it's not the same game. And you either, have, you either like it or you don't like it. And I, I don't like it the way it is. So um, that's the fact. So when we get a player come along like a Jokic that does what he does, although he incorporates the three as part of his game, but it doesn't, it's not his life. That's what, you know, Larry, people wonder, you know, that, that's exactly the way Larry treated it 40 years ago. Now, today, of course, he'd be encouraged to take more threes, and he would, and, he, and he'd be one of the most devastating three-point shooters. But, but uh, in his game, he, he used it strategically when he thought it was a time to do it. And uh, so I, I, I understand younger people who have never seen anything else. This is what they know, and, they, and, and uh, that's fine. But I have seen something else, and I like the other game better. Okay, so back to LeBron. Um, 20 years in, do you think he can pull this yeah. off in Denver? Yes, he can. There's no question he can. I, I'm a percentage chance guy. So I, I think that series is, I'll go 70-30, maybe 65-35 Denver uh, percentage chance. But that's, to me, that's a hefty good possibility. It's not improbable. They have to stay healthy. Davis has to stay on the floor. Uh, one of those, uh, and that they need uh, a nightly contribution from, you know, at, at a high level from one of those role guys. And then, now maybe Hachimura is going to have a whole series. I like him, and you have to like him, I think, and, and the way he's playing. Um, Reeves is a revelation. I mean, let's face it, this is one of the great shocks of all time. At the beginning of this year, I that paid zero, less than zero attention to him, and now you know he's a guy you got to honor. Um, it's possible. I think Denver is a better team. I think they ought to win, but I won't be stunned and shocked. It won't be the biggest upset in the history of the league. It'll be a hell of a story, and I know the networks are rooting. I'm sure that uh, you know. I'm sure ABC and ESPN and are rooting for it. And I'm sure the league is would love to see it uh, to have LeBron in the finals. And you know, no offense, you, Denver, but you, this is a fact. So uh, I'm, I'm continually amazed by him, uh, and, and, and an odd by, by the way he. He plays the game and what he's doing at this level, at this age. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It means a lot to me every time we get the time with you, Bob. So uh, enjoy the game, too. Is all right. We'll talk again. Okay. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. La Quinta by Wyndham has everything you need for your next business trip. From free high-speed Wi-Fi to fitness centers to free bright side breakfast with fresh waffles, eggs, and more, book direct at LQ.com. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. You know what I hate, hate, is after lunch, there's all this time before dinner. I hate it. So I'm always like, do I do this? It's like, you should. Gain season? Throw in a little... Something extra, an appetizer that just starts hours before dinner. It just gets so frustrating when there aren't great options. That's where Arby's new two for $5 chicken wraps come in. Available in your choice of ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for that afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Food buddies. Arby's two for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. In Chicago for the NBA Combine, I'll be back in L.A. tomorrow. Um, maybe tonight, I'm not sure. But here's the deal. Uh, flew Southwest, haven't done that in a while. But you want to fly into Midway, you want to get to Chicago before the afternoon traffic. That's the move. 
I have to remind myself of that anytime I'm in O'Hare or if I land in Chicago after four o'clock and you're like, oh, this was a terrible call. Uh, Something that hasn't happened to me, I was taking off the old Delta tag off the bag as I checked a bag for Southwest and I was, you know, tearing the old tag away. And a lady came up to me and she was like, I'll take that for you. You know, the the crumpled tag. But I put the crumpled tag in my mouth as I went to like, you know, whatever I was supposed to do. Well, it was the very end, Kyle. I'm sorry. Well, you're not planning on handing it to somebody either. I get that. <laughs> oh, you thought you were talking. I thought you were worried about germs, which actually surprised me. A little worrisome, um, but yeah. Wow, thanks. No, I just mean uh, just the the optics of like, here, take this. You want this thing I just had in my mouth? There you go. It's like uh, somebody borrowing a pencil too? that you've just been chewing on. It's like, ah, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Continue. You want me to wipe my forehead on your neck? <laughs> Something like that. Sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pelt and I used to do that to each other. Would you rather have Tim Legler just put his neck against your face? <laughs> or. All right. So anyway, uh, no, it gets worse because the woman was like, I'll take that. And I was like, I don't want to give it to you. It's, it's I just had it in my mouth. I was like, I'll deal with it. She's like, ah, I don't care. Your mouth has probably been the same place mine has. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, hey, it's 7 a.m. <laughs> Don't hit me with riddles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seven. You know, and I'm like, you're right. It was a riddle. Cause I was like, what the fuck did that even mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I was like, was I being hit on or insulted? Like, I don't, I don't even know what the proper response to that is. Even there was be. none. Yeah. I just like, was like, hey, all right, man. Cool. Yeah. The answer is you'd be surprised. That's the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what you got to say. Yeah. But then I got to keep talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, I did a real like, uh <laughs> cool yeah <laughs> it was just there was nothing actually said uh so anyway make it here go to the combine um i gotta tell you sonogo nobody likes him from yukon he fucking dominated the first day he kicked everyone's ass and then sam Vicini, who we love on this pod he was like here are the standouts he did like 12 standouts he didn't even mention them and then I asked the team, I was like, what do you think? And they're like, come on, dude. I was like, all right. I go, look, I'm not telling you he's going in the first round. All right. But there's something to be said of a guy whose hands and his feet and the way he runs and he can't be moved. And every time the ball's like up for grabs, it always is his. And he's dirty in like a really good way. When he hits dudes with his off, off arm to like get position where he's positioning to get an offensive rebound and pit, put back, guys are like crumpled. I don't even know. He might get called for it in the NBA. And I, I granted, I get it. Like he's an undersized post player. Nobody likes those players anymore. But he was like kicking guys' asses. And I was like, he can't make it into the top 60. Like you, this guy, there's no top 60 home for this. And again, it's not like I, I polled every team. It was just a couple people that I ran into and everybody looked at me like I had the dumbest idea of all time. And then Vicini didn't even mention him. Like at least put him in the standouts because he stood out. Not that he now all of a sudden needs to be, you know, a guy going from pick 30 to 40. So I don't know. Maybe somebody else will like him. We'll see. Yeah, like Jordan Hawkins is the guy that all the the UConn guy that everybody loves. Like all the Magic fans want Jordan Hawkins with maybe that second pick because he could shoot. But Sunoco is he's a freaking monster. I just don't know. Like, what's the best I, case scenario? Like, what is he a? Is he just like a a second unit guy who just dominates other bigs? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and I definitely have a weird hole in my game for like these super athletic, full energy. Like, I guess I just want the next Kenneth Fareed, another manimal. Yeah. 
Um, and remember Jeff Adrian at UConn? I love Jeff. Yeah, Adrian. love Jeff him. Adrian. But <laughs> Jeff Adrian was smaller, I think, even than Snogo was. Oh, definitely. But he was yeah. a beast. Yeah, but just seeing Snogo, like certain guys, not understand how strong he is in the combine, where they'll like go to do something with him, and you just go, "Oh my god!" Like this guy, he's the strongest dude playing. He's the strongest dude that's out there. Uh, I don't know. We're not going to recap all the combine stuff here a little bit, but I did want to recap the cheeseburger run that I've been on. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're known for their cheeseburgers out here, boys, or their deep dish. I, I'm just not a a deep dish guy. I, I remember being excited about it the first time I came out here to try it, and then it comes out, and they take the slice, and the cheese pulls apart, and everybody's like, ooh. And then... <laughs> You know, they put it on your plate and you're like, oh, this first bite, it's like warm cheese. And there's some sauce in there and it's like a pastry crust. And you're like, oh, this is good. You're like, isn't this good? And everybody's looking at each other and it's good. And then you like notice that people aren't rushing for the second slice yet, but then you have to and you grab the second slice and then you're kind of looking around. It's like four people that all are really excited about some actor that they've loved their entire lives being in a movie and then like 20, 30 minute mark in the movie, one of the persons looks at each other and goes like, does this movie suck? <laughs> um, even though you were laughing in the beginning, you're like, oh, this is good or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't I don't come here for the deep dish. I It's just not my thing. I don't want to get a huge fight about it. But I went to um, Travoli tavern monday for a 30 dollar double cheeseburger that and is then something. i went yeah i gotta tell you i looked at the menu i was like are you fucking serious and then i took a bite and i went okay and this is a regular great. size cheeseburger or this is like like it's 30 dollars for because of like the cheeseburger is no. perfect or it's because it's like fucking gold huge. flakes on it <laughs> <laughs> no no it was it was Look, I'll admit, I was like, I'm not, I'm going to order something else. I was like, I can't spend 30 bucks on this double cheeseburger. The word was like, no, you have to. So, uh, I'll admit that first bite, I was like, okay, this is insane. But then everybody talks up all Cheval, which is, you know, I don't really know the mapping of the area, certain areas that have been built up West Loop more so now than it was when I first started coming out here. I remember they used to put us up at the combine the first, first days of the combine. And you were like, dude, are you serious at this hotel? And then eventually, like, the athletes that were on the Combine, I'd be like, where is everybody? And they're like, oh, they're staying in town. <laughs> you just go, like, what happened? I think one year I go, I will pay out of my own pocket to not stay at this at this hotel. And where this hotel is now is actually kind of the outskirts of, like, the end of the cooler spot. It's a little bit younger. But you go to Al it's all cheeseburger, all right? So the great thing about being by yourself is – they're like, oh, there's a two-hour wait. And I was like, it's just one. They're like, oh, there's an extra spot over there. I'm like, all right, no problem. <laughs> the the so benefits of solo right. travel. Let's right. go. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, especially internationally, like the hottest restaurant ever. You just go like, oh, no one can get in there. Like, we'll see. <laughs> the thing is, is when you're doing it internationally, they feel bad for you. I'll never forget eating dinner at this place in Greece where they were just like, this, they're like, don't even go over there. Fucking loser. <laughs> There's some terrible service because they were like, this guy actually wants to sit here by himself out by the water. I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. All right. So back to the cheeseburgers. Uh, you go in, I think Al Cheval, the entire premise would be to have the best version you've ever had of a fast food burger. All right. And I know that in and out is kind of that. And in a way it is. 
fries suck. And yet, when I went here, I had a prime seat. I don't know if you call it the chef's table. It's just the counter. There's a ton of people on the counter. Um, the chefs, by the way, were enormous. So not a lot of room for those dudes back there sweating like crazy. And they were cooking up their cheeseburgers, right? And they throw all the patties, fresh patties down, right? Never frozen. Um, they've got their cheese options. They also broil them a bit. They've got their toasters going above. It's all very efficient. You love the egg station to the right, Kyle. Bacon. Just dudes cracking eggs. And then there's the bacon. So they're like, throw down the patties. Then they set them aside. And then it'll be like, okay, let's get the bacon going again. And be like, all right, where are we on our bacon patty ratio and the whole thing? And so when you order double, it's actually three patties, cheese on every layer, uh, pickles, onions. They've got their own spread. I'm just a ketchup guy. I know. Sounds a lot Sorry. like five guys so far. I mean, it's a I'm little kidding. higher. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know if they'll put that review on the website. <laughs> Sounds a lot like Five Guys, TBH. Kyle. Double the price. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was incredible. Really, really good burger. But I think, I know this is great. I think Travoli Tavern's burger was actually better. Well, there you go. All right. It's out there now. Can't take it back. Yep. The burger thing is actually fascinating because uh, I, I think the like the, the fast food burger, they have it right. Like when you try to fancy up a burger, it actually gets way worse. Like if you try to do a special <laughs> bun. Or if you do like, like a lot of times, like if you just like a huge ass patty, that's actually terrible. Give me like a bunch of sure. little thin ones with cheese layered in. Like I don't want a huge patty. So like when you try to fancy up a burger, I think oftentimes like it backfires. I think like the grimier the burger, just the better. Like I want multiple layers of cheese, multiple layers of meat. I want like whatever that special sauce is, some shredded lettuce and tomato, and then we're good to go. And like pre preferably probably a potato bun. But and that's why I think like all those like, you know, whether it's the five guys, whether it's the in and out whether it's the Shake Shack, which I love, like they're just I, I kind of just would prefer that over like a fancy burger any day of the week. I got to be honest, I've had a couple of restaurant black and blue burgers and God damn it, that is a that is an experience. I'll always try a black and blue burger. Wait, what are you talking black Angus with blue cheese well, I mean, in it? They're always called black and blue. Like, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's a, it's a burger with blue cheese on it. And black, I guess it's because it's whatever. That's just the name I see at all these restaurants. Char on the outside. I, sure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's a fun way to do a burger, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, uh, I wouldn't be like, oh, this place has a regular cheeseburger. That's like, uh, you know, it's fucking half a, you know, half a pound or something. <laughs> like, if it's uh, like yeah. an inch thick, like pass, don't want that. I don't want one p patty that's an inch thick. Like, I know like sometimes they look at it and they're like, oh, okay. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's raw on the inside. Like it's cooked perfectly medium, medium rare, whatever you want. No, no. I want like this. I like, I. The closer to smash burger, the better. Like you get that crispy edge. That's the best. That to me is the best burger. Also, I think don't need I think some of the burger. some of the smash burger stuff can go too far with this. It's running rampant, where you're just like, what am I eating here? It just <laughs> it looks like hash browns. Burger it flake. Look like hash browns. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like you can fuck up a, a smash yeah. burger. I'll get. I'll give it to you. But a well done one, I just think is there's nothing better than that. Well, then you would like both places that I went to because it's the thinner patty, it's multiple patties, and they're trying to make the fanciest fast food burger. And uh, it works. It worked. Both places were awesome. So I think I might be cheeseburgered out. We'll see. We'll see how it goes for the final meal here tonight. I don't think we have anything else, right? Do we have any updates? Uh, Kyle, how are you doing? You sound you sound a little, is it the burger topic or just a Thursday post-bachelor party? Is this, is this lingering a bit? Have you gone out since? Uh, I have not. Everyone's wondering when I'll be going back to the frolic room. 
I don't know. Might be today, depending on what time Bill uh, Bill gets his shit together here. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I was going to say about your uh, about your Southwest thing. Um, just before I forget, I never I'd always walk past those. I was so basically I got dropped off in Philly and I had to wait for like three hours before my f- flight came back to L.A. Uh, and I just said I was like, what am I going to do? I'm so tired. I just paid um, for like 45 minutes in an airport massage chair. And there was like four people. People were looking at me like I was disgusting. I don't know what it was, uh, but I spent 45 minutes in a massage chair uh, and just kept feeding the meter on that thing. So uh, I was looking at, I had these weird chargers on my car. I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, oh yeah, that's when you, that's when you re-upped five times on the massage chair in, uh, in Detroit, in Detroit airport, actually. It was actually during my layover. So just need a little um, self-care. I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. And, uh, so it was fine. It doesn't, it didn't quite like, you know, fit to my body, but, um, you know, I made it work. I got to tell you, the massage chair move in the airport when you feel like shit, people never think it would help. It's actually not a bad call. Uh, I remember. Oh, you've done it too? No, I haven't done it, but I remember our 10 year reunion, which was a pretty rough one. And everybody was at the Vermont airport and, you know, guys are recapping everything and kind of going through it all. And it's kind of a weird deal because it's especially a 10 year because you're still so young and you miss it pretty bad. But you're getting closer to like reality. And there's also the reality of like a lot of us, you know, we keep in touch, but this might be our last like real run at it. You know, this might, and that's not entirely true. It's really depends on your group. But for us, it was probably really like the last one. And so everybody's kind of sitting there, you know, smoothie, soda water, other guys go with beers. You know, everybody's trying to figure out like as we're all waiting for the plan (laughs) or well, the plan and the planes uh, as we go our separate ways. And a guy, uh, a guy got in the massage chair and he was, we were like, dude, are you seriously getting in the massage chair? And then, uh, he's like, yeah, I am. Fuck you guys. I'm getting in it. And then he got in it and he was like, it was set up that he could look at us while he was doing it. And everybody, <laughs> right. And everybody thinks he's doing it for like, uh, oh, you're a loser. Like, why are you doing this? And then he does it. And he's like, you guys have no idea. And we're, we're like making fun of him. We think he's like selling it to us. We're like this sure. is stupid. And so then like one other guy was like, who was like, I'll admit I wanted to try it, but I didn't want to be the first guy that went over and did it. He's like, I may re up. You may not even get a chance. And then it turned into, come on, dude, share <laughs> the me, chair. Let me get he's like, oh, share the chair, share the chair now. <laughs> and then the other guy got in it. And then the first guy was like, you got to get out, like give it back. And then it turned into like a different conflict. So I'm just telling you, those things are always empty, but it might be the right call. And shout out to Kyle for having the instinct and lack of fear to do it. Well, the first time I went back, there was just kind of a bunch of old ladies who needed a seat. Nobody was paying for, there was four chairs and they were, they were all taken by like women who clearly needed to sit down. And uh, so, right you call. know, I went, stuff. you know, I let another like hour go by and I was like, let me see if I could, you know, cause I looked to see first I was like, I'm, I was going to be crazy. And I was like, I'll actually get I'll actually book a spa massage thing from these airport people if there's one in this terminal. I will lay down on a table in public and have somebody massage me. That's what I'm going to do right now. But they didn't have that in there. So I was like, all right, the massage chair is a good compromise. I went back, there was one free spot. I sat down. Everyone else in the row was not get was not paying for the chair and they were like, "Are you seriously doing it?" And it had like a huge speaker on it, so when I put my card in it's like 
choose how much you want. It's like it's screaming. Everyone's like, oh, this fucking guy's actually fucking paying money. So uh, I don't think I'll do I don't think I'll need do it to announce to the world your intentions. <laughs> it's like yeah. the loudest speaker. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if I do it again. But if I'm ever in that type of shape again, I will. OK, Another. I like it. All right. Let's uh, let's get to some life advice here. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. Life Advice is supported by State Farm. Worried about life's what ifs? State Farm is here to help. They take service seriously with agents available to help you over the phone or in person, or you can get answers to your questions right away using the State Farm app. So no matter what life throws your way, they're there when and how you need them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. We did have some technical difficulties with Bob Ryan. So a little shorter pod for you today. So Rudy, we need a jacked baby arms update uh there's no update i'm not jacked so <laughs> like i don't i don't think uh you know I, I, it's one of those things too where she's at daycare a lot of the day too so i'm really holding her in the morning and then i'm holding her at night and then she goes to bed like two hours after we pick her up so like i'm not really holding her that much right now like weekends definitely a lot more of that situation and it is like a kind of a pain in the ass because she's i think she's like 16 17 pounds now uh but I usually post up in like a chair somewhere with her and have her sit on my lap kind of thing. So I'm not all arms right now. So check back and like, I don't know, check back over the summer because we'll probably do more outside stuff or I've got to basically just hold her in one arm. But nothing, no, no good progress right now. Are you baby backpack guy? My buddy asked for a baby backpack. I was like, are you going to wear this, man? Like it's the like Bjorn 80 thing? Bucks. Uh, I don't know. What is that? Yeah, like the thing you wear her in. Yeah, but we, I mean, this we, one's like a fucking straight up backpack, and it's like uh, I don't know. I got it. It was like I was like, you you want me to buy you an eighty dollar backpack for this baby? Are you gonna wear this baby on your back? I don't see. We it actually have one. We have it. It's a front one, so she faces us mostly. Okay. My wife. Uh, it's that's awesome. bad, dude. <laughs> not <gonna lie>. Pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> she's, no, that's bad. That's bad for her developing relationships if she's not facing <laughs> towards them. That's, that's the true. Whole reason yeah. for the Bjorn. She's gonna she's, be a total recluse. Uh, <laughs> it is, is pretty what awesome, happened? though. I will is that say, what happened, 80- right? <laughs> wait is Rudy mad at one of us right now no I'm just I'm not mad I'm just saying like I, it's, oh, it's 80 oh, I, bucks. I don't no, know it's Kyle's, one of things you put on the registry and you're like I don't know how much this costs somebody buy it for me I don't know right but you got one that faces you I'm just saying and now yeah. Kyle's suggesting that I was putting a fucking <laughs> backwards <sack>. facing <laughs> <laughs> it's the new where you dropped on your head as a baby it's like hey did they have you yeah. facing backwards man what, what happened <laughs> <laughs> they put me in a duffel bag. Yeah, they just cut out holes in a garbage bag. Right. And figure it out. Threw some fruit roll-ups in there. <laughs> Can't get out. It's super safe. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You get older. There's problems on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will he ever figure out? He got out when he was four. Really smart. <laughs> Doesn't talk to many people. All right. Uh, so all right. So it's it's a TBD on the jacked arms. Yeah. No, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't, okay. I'm incapable of being jacked, so it's fine. I don't know. Maybe you're incapable of being dedicated enough to being jacked. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, I, All right. Not, not a Jim Hardo, sorry. <laughs> There's some fucking lasers flying around right now. All right. Let's <laughs> uh, let's get to the emails. Our, uh, life advice, rr at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. I love this headline. Am I too old to shoot hoops in the park by myself? Hey, guys, 5'8", 160. No gym stats. Well, you emailed the perfect podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Really. 
Like, Bob, tell us more about Larry Bird, the book. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know what else is next here. So I have a screenplay. Okay. Um, All right. But I do enjoy running and have completed a few marathons in the last couple of years. All right. Active guy. 58160. Love it. My family and I recently moved to a new house as a nice neighborhood park just up the street. The park is a basketball court uh, that so far doesn't seem to get used very often. I made the comment recently to my wife that I should get a new basketball so that I can go shoot some hoops at the park on nice evenings. My wife thought I was joking initially. And then when she realized I was serious, she said it'd be kind of weird for a 35 year old man to play basketball by himself in the park. Come on. Exhale. It's not like I'm going to be working on defensive or dribbling drills. I just want to enjoy shooting some hoops, which is something I haven't done a lot since college. Is my wife right to think it's a weird thing to do? Or am I free to enjoy getting some shots up on a nice summer day? Thanks for helping me settle this debate. Okay, I don't want to be dramatic, but your wife sounds like the worst person I've ever heard. Like, why would she, why would anyone care First of all, she's wrong, but why would she not want you to do something that, by the way, is completely cost-free, sounds like something you miss doing, right, that you would like to do? Like, imagine caring enough, like, being negative about something else that you want to do in the relationship. And by the way, there are far better examples of being like, I don't know if you should do that. That doesn't sound like a good idea. That was stupid. I'm going to get on your case about this. I'm not going to remember this, or I'm not going to forget this and, and remember it for the next 12 years because of this that happened. Like a guy just wants to go outside and get some shots up and she thinks that's weird. She's wrong. She's totally wrong. There is no, there's no counter argument to this. There's nothing. So there you go. Yeah. Not only do I think you should go, uh, Igloo makes this cooler called Cool Tunes, I believe. I just was gifted it for my birthday. I think you throw a couple Heineken Silvers in there, no bitter endings, and enjoy your summer nights. I think you should be the coolest old guy at the park getting up shots. And uh, don't worry about this. She's totally wrong. She's way off. She doesn't know what she's saying. Uh, do what makes you happy. This is super harmless. You know what's weird, too, is like if you were like, hey, I'm going to go on a hike, she wouldn't say any, she wouldn't bat an eye at that. But like getting shots up is weird and it's less strain and stress on your body and you enjoy it more i just i there's a weird stigma between going shooting by yourself and I, I don't like it well it depends what you do when you shoot by yourself less strain so i don't know that i agree with that but uh <laughs> i would uh i mean she's obviously not a basketball family like she's looking at it as if you shooting hoops outside at 35 years old by yourself is the equivalent of you saying like i want to get legos <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. so i mean she's just she's built different in the worst way possible. <laughs> I wanted to, I was, I wanted to put up a hoop. I'm mad. My, my neighbor has a hoop in his yard and, uh, it's, it's not his house. It's his parents' house. He's like a younger kid. And I'm kind of jealous. I just watched him shoot hoops outside. And I was like, kind of talking to my wife about maybe getting a hoop. But the problem is I don't want other people in the neighborhood to watch me shoot hoops in my driveway. Cause like I am not a young kid anymore. Is that weird? I just, I, I'm like a little self-conscious no about just people like the other families walking by like, Oh yeah, there's that guy. I, I know. Myself I, again. I think it's so great. You could lean into this, throw a headband on, throw on some fucking Van Halen, <laughs> put yeah, out like two cones, <laughs> put out like two cones and work on your elbow step backs, <laughs> you know, pretend contact, having to work around it. Yeah. Just do the Cares. three, two, one buzzer thing. Ten, <laughs> ten nine, eight, you just a couple turn around, Jade. Go. Waiters for three. <laughs> yeah. Jerome Moiso. With the 
never mind. All right, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Anyway, all right. Yep. Yeah. Once they said Maliso wrong, it was like, all right, don't even bother. All right. Um, caddy tipping issue. We'll do three because uh, the interview was a little short today. Okay. Hello, gentlemen. My friends and I are headed to a golf trip this week in a very nice resort in Wisconsin. Uh, we're having a debate for which I feel the L.A. crew is a perfect arbiter. It's an upscale resort. Um, well, they're going to Sand Valley. So there you go. If that helps any of the golfers listening to this. Uh, and the course requires you to walk or have a caddy. This will be our fourth year on the trip with my twin brother and two very close friends. And we we'll always have caddies for the four or five rounds that we play. We've been lucky enough to pair with the same guy for the last three years. And he'll be on my bag again this year. The suggested rate for caddies is 100. But I've always tipped him about 150 to 175 per round because he's a great hang. And I never play golf with a caddy the rest of the year. I like the guy and I like being generous if I'm in a position to do so. This year, however, my friends asked if we could all agree about how much we were tipping beforehand because we can't have, uh, we'll just use his name here because there's nothing like outrageous here. We can't have Brian being Mr. Popular and one-upping our amounts. I told them I was going to hand my guy 800 at the start of the trip for five rounds, 160 round uh, for all those English majors out there. Uh, <laughs> got it. Okay. Um, at first, I thought we were talking English majors and I was like, I wait, what? Lynx golf? Now I get it. All right. Carnusty. And they all collect, right. They all collectively <laughs> lost their shit. Good call, Surdy. I trampled that, but that was good. Nah, you're good. Uh, they apparently want to tip 125 per round. So they lost their shit about 35 extra dollars per round. My question is simple. Does this really fucking matter? I told them they're, they're welcome to tip however much they want. Any issues they have are simply their projection of how it'll be received. I can't help it if they have a complex about this. I've told them I would write y'all and go with whatever you decide. If this is coming too late, editing here, then just know there's going to be a very well-compensated looper in Wisconsin. Looper. Love it. Uh, on Tuesday. You're right. Your friends are wrong. Tip less. It doesn't matter. As somebody who, again, the old bartending game of get totally hooked up on drinks and end up paying way more because we all try to overcompensate by tipping each other way more than we normally should. I would tell whoever I was with, I'd be like, I'm going to have to tip more. And they'd be like, all right. Like, I'm not going to ask you like, hey, what are you putting down? What are you putting down? What are you putting down? I'm going to put down more. And then those guys, like some guys would be like, oh, well, if you put down some or whatever, I would just say, hey, look, put down what you're going to put down and then whatever, go last, especially if it's on like four separate checks. There's nothing that can be done. All right. On that one, uh, you, you're going to have the same caddy, what, for the fourth year, I think. Um, you like them. You built up some rapport. The thing that's even dumber about this is it's not like it's your neighborhood bar where you're Mr. Big Shot by being the big tipper out of the group and trying to like gain some credit with people that you're going to continue to interact with. You see these people once a year. The rest of the caddies are going to forget the other guys the entire time. And they're not going to be thinking about them for a year going, oh, those are the three guys that paid $35 less per round. I remember them. They're not going to care because you know what? They're still making good money. You decide to go above and beyond. That's their hang up. That's their problem. Um, so I wouldn't feel bad. And hopefully you take care of your guy. If you, like you said, are in a position to do so, you know, tip what you can. You know, show some sort of appreciation, but this resentment towards other people that want to step up and take care of people is fucking stupid. It says, what has a group of guys ever cared about feelings? Like, usually guys are always just like, oh, shut the fuck up, whatever. This is one of those situations where you should be like, hey, man, shut the fuck up. I'm tip what you're going to tip. I'll tip what I tip. If you can sleep at night, that's great. I think that's fine. I think that's awesome. Um, some people are, are really strange about the tip or, or extra money in any sort of situation. Like, remember I told you we had 13 dudes at the bachelor party. Uh, the guy who was in charge invited my buddy's brother 
who like I've known for a while, but like doesn't really know everybody in, in this in this group, because if he didn't come, they were going to have to each pay an extra thirty five dollars was the number. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, we got we're going to squeeze one more guy onto a couch because you're like afraid <laughs> that everyone else was going to have to pay thirty five extra dollars. So, I mean, some people's brains actually work like that and other people's were, you know, don't. So I don't think I don't think you can convince anybody um, uh, to, to change their ways. So I would just I just say, hey, man, if you could sleep at night tipping that, go ahead. I'm. I'm sleeping just fine these days. <laughs> those, yeah, those are like fight words, though. Yeah, that yeah. seems a little hard. I don't no, have much it's to guys, add. right? You're guys. That's what I mean. Like, you're allowed to be a little harsh on each other. I don't have much to add. I just feel like you have a, an awesome relationship with this guy, and you want to hook him up. That's great. That, that's not weird at all. and doesn't really make the other guys look bad. You know this this particular caddy. And I don't know. Like, it's, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's the guys are tweeting the other guys drastically less. It's just, you know, figure out what the... To tip with if they tip what the average going rate is, I don't think we have a problem here. And then everybody knows that this guy and that caddy just know each other. Unless the other guys have a relationship with the other caddies too, maybe it's a little bit weird because maybe they're like, hey, like I thought we had a good time too, and you're tipping this guy you know, <laughs> thirty bucks a day less. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like you're getting the other guys are getting random uh, caddies, and that's fine. They should get whatever like the regular rate is. You're giving your buddy your your you know the the the, the welcome back rate essentially. Totally. Yeah, I mean, unless the the pushback is the initial thing, the pushback was them going, are you serious? Like, I think that might have been what started the argument would be him going, hey, I'm going 800 for the five rounds or whatever, right? And they're like, dude, what the fuck? Like, it actually adds up. Now we're talking to other uh, extra 150. What he should do is, no, no, you guys do what you want to do, right? Because I can understand that part of it, especially if they're like, look, we're already tipping a really good number here. I think a hundred bucks for a caddy for the round is probably pretty good. That would be my guess. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's like bad. Uh, I've only played with a caddy once ever, and it was at somebody else's course. And he was kind of just we just went out three of us and like we didn't even play a full eighteen. It was just the guy was kind of with us because we were screwing around. So like, and by the way, I was never going to be. I wasn't paying greens fees. I was a friend of the guy that was the member. The member just wanted me to come out and bullshit for a little while. So I can't even speak to the experience of it. So I'm, I'm not a resource on this at all. But when it comes to the tipping part, you may have lost them in the proposal that you were suggesting that everybody pay the same amount. And if you're, if you were pushy about it, then I don't blame them for wanting to push back, especially if, you know, some guys just don't want to have to tip like an absurd amount of money, which I totally understand. So what it should be coming down to is, well, wait, the other part of the email was they said that they all want to be on the same page because Brian tries to be the hero. I, I don't know. I don't, Actually, now I've become bored of suggesting of me breaking this whole thing down. We already know the answer. Yeah, you tip it's what three you want. Right, it's, right. It's, it's, it's not even like it's, it's not like you're the one guy tipping less. It's There's three other guys tipping the same and it's an appropriate amount. You're fine. You're fine. All right. Okay. Speaking of money, bartender makes me pay twice. 29 years old, 6'5", 235, mid-range game like a playground Sean Livingston. Uh, after the knee injury, I imagine Sean Livingston before the knee injury was going to be, he was going to be so nasty. Mm. Anyway, it speaks to how good he was. And he still was that good after the devastating injuries. All right. Huge fan of the show. Been listening since, uh, SVP and Rosillo need to know if I handled the situation correctly or if I got taken advantage of last week, my best friend, let's call him Mike turned 30 years old. Mike and his wife, Sarah live in a different city. So a bunch of our friends and I went to his town to celebrate. Sarah hosted a 30th birthday party for Mike at their local bowling alley. Coincidentally, a seven year old birthday happened to be in the next lane. So fun for all ages. 
Okay. <laughs> Sarah hosted the birthday party at the bowling alley because their family friends owned it. All right. But here is the situation. There was a bar in the bowling alley. We bought beer pitchers. I opened a tab and put about $100 worth of pitchers on the tab. Nothing outrageous. At the end of the party, I went to the bar to close my tab. I handed the bartender my card. And after about 30 seconds, he returned to me saying there was some sort of error on it. And I needed to give him another card. Now, I'm not saying I'm killing it. And there have been times in my early 20s where I'd be sweating out, praying the card would sure. not get declined. Brother, <laughs> don't you know it. That's a sport. Yeah, I had my card declined at bottle service at Marquee once. That was a good time. Jesus. Right? After I'd gotten the waitress's number. Just barely? Was it like just almost enough? And like a, no, one of those recurring like, hey, card charges? Got <laughs> she's like, your card got declined. I was like, oh, it must have been I'm moving money around. <laughs> it happens all the time. Moving money. Moving money around. Fucking loser. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like, hey, you talking that guy's card got declined? Yeah. It's fucking really cool. Um, anyway, I opened a tab. All right. All right. Whatever. Okay. So I'm not saying I'm killing it. Right. I'd be sweating and praying the card would not get declined, but luckily a hundred dollar tab will not be an issue at this point in my life. I know badass. <laughs> nice. It does the humor about it. All. <laughs> no, this guy's great. So happily I give him the other card, but before he runs that card out of curiosity, I pull up my bank account on my mobile app to see, if, and it got flagged. <laughs> all right. Uh, to see if it got flagged. Not only had it not been flagged, but my card had been charged. I did a bad job explaining this. I apologize to the listeners. All right. So he looks at the app, wants to see if something's flagged, you know, because that'll happen, right? There'll be some fraud alert. Did you just do this? You have to text back yes or whatever. All right. So it's not flagged, but then he sees on the app that a $100 charge has just gone through. So at this point, I'm a little drunk, but still being over polite. I tell the bartender that it looks like my card was charged. I show him my mobile app and he suddenly gets very hostile with me, telling me he can't trust my mobile app, that he's not going to get stuck with this tab and that it's not his problem, even if we're friends with the owners. He brought up the friends with the owners. How would I have hacked my mobile app to put this in the fake charge? He gets more. I, he actually asks him, how could I have done this? He gets more upset. So I finally hand him a different card and pay the tab again. The guy was such a jerk about it. That's been bugging me for a week now. Would you have done anything differently or chalk it up to the game and be happy with a great time celebrating with my buddy? Uh, I know there's a few times here and there, both, um, you know, without any money and then certainly not worrying about my electricity being turned off at this stage of my life where I can be a little flippant at times with like, dude, it's 20 bucks. Like, what do you like? Seriously? Like, do you want to go to war over this shit? Like, if you don't even like this person, it's kind of the Bronx Tale rule. It's like, you don't even like that guy. Right. Like, okay, now he's out of your life because he owes you some money. You're going to go fucking crazy. For what? It's 10 or 20 bucks that you would see. So this is different, though. I'm not going to be dismissive. This guy fucked up. And bartenders, despite the number of times that this can happen, oh, I gave you this. You know, when you get a 20 back in the day when people paid with cash, you put a 20 on the top of the register, you give them the change first, you hand them back the change, then you put the 20 in the drawer so that you could always point to the 20, right? Or you did 10 and somebody said it was a 20, especially when you were in college bars, guys were trying to pull shit all the time, all the time, right? Um, and some bartenders would be like lunatics about it. And if you're on top of your game, like, Fucking up the register is not something you can be doing a lot and become a good bartender. But if you're on top of your game every now and then, you might be like, all right, cool, you know, whatever. Um, and then depending on where you would work, when they did the drawer, if they were light, you know, they would make you. There's places I've worked where the policy would be who, whatever you are, light. 
the bartenders are covering it. The bartenders are covering it, and that's what he's referencing here. Um, I have a hard time believing it would be a bowling alley. Wouldn't be a little bit more lax about it because there's times where stuff just does get fucked up. And I know the touchscreen stuff is all different now. I remember when I first started using it at the bar that I was at in Boston. And then, you know, next day, because I was like the new guy, anytime there was a fuck up, they would just all blame me. And then the guy would call and be like, we need you to be better on this and you're going to have to pay. And I was like, whatever. It was also the most fucked up place I bartended because they would count the tips downstairs with just one bartender and one of the other ones while everybody else waited around. I've never, ever experienced that in my life. Like and it's fucking we on this city. Those guys right. in the I'm, house just stuffing their fucking light, uh, those, uh, yeah. their jackets. <laughs> All right. So back to answering this instead of another fucking boring story from my past. Um, I would, uh, I would go back. I would go back 100% and go, look, I'm going to be, and be cool about it. Be like, I know, and the reason I actually bring up a lot of this stuff is that the bartenders, there's a really good chance he didn't fuck it up and that he didn't scam you. But there's so many attempts to scam him that he doesn't trust anybody. And it's weird that he brought up the friend thing of the family as if he already was pissed off and already had animosity. So maybe he was trying to fuck you. Uh, his defense of the mobile app transaction is if you hacked it like fucking Matthew Broderick here, <laughs> that doesn't seconds. make any sense. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane too. So that you might be dealing with like a real loser and you, you might not even want to deal with again. Um, but the thing is, is like any bartender that actually cares about being, and I'm not talking about being great. I'm talking about being decent is that if you were to go up to the bar, but you may have to go manager on this one, although you don't live there anymore. So that's another fucking problem. Well, you could call, you could call the manager and go, Hey, here's the deal. I was in there and be nice about it. It was busy. It wasn't busy, whatever. Hey, he was busy. Um, I knew my card had gotten charged. He didn't believe me, which I understand, but not only did it get charged, he charged me again for the same tab. Is there a way I can email you the, the PDFs, the screen grabs of my phone to show it to you and then have them give you a fucking hundred bucks back and reverse the charge. It's super easy. It happens all the time. I know it's a bit challenging because you can't just walk down the street. And, you know, as far as that guy, you're never going to deal with him again. So, like, you want to call him? Like, I just wouldn't deal with him because there's also another version of a bartender who's never, ever wrong, ever. And even though this guy's totally wrong and you're going to present him with the evidence like you already did if you're dealing with him directly. So I wouldn't go friends with the family. There clearly has to be a manager because, yeah, I think the principle of that hundred bucks and having that guy feel like either he got over on you or was dumb enough not to realize that nobody would hacked the phone. Um, so, yeah, it would, it would it, the hundred bucks would bother me a little bit. But I think there's some ways to. I think there's recourse here for you, which doesn't involve having him go back to this town for a weekend or dealing with this dude again. Yeah, there was two things he said was basically, I don't give a shit if you're like, you know, buddies with the owners or that's and weird I can't, right? and i can't trust your mobile app like like i've been in there before where it's like hey it says you charged me and you didn't he's like hey man just trust me you know in in 48 hours it'll it will reverse i promise like that would have been enough for me to be like all right okay but like the whole like i can't trust what you're showing me there is like okay so and i'm a guy who who realizes after doing certain things like you know signing up for pre-check uh doing shit at the dmv like this shit isn't actually as hard as i thought it was you know, the shit that you really don't want to do. So in this situation, I would have went screenshots, printouts, dispute charge, um, and then just see if I can get that taken care of without even having to come back 
uh, but I would have just done all the things because uh, as as I've gotten older, it's it's actually much easier to do these shits that you're like, oh, I really don't want to do this. It's actually find out it's not that hard. So yeah, I would have screenshotted both charges like, okay, why would I have two identical charges on the same night if, if I'm not telling the truth? Printouts just so I could have it. And then, you know, sometimes in a lot of the credit card apps, you can just dispute the charge and they'll be like, okay. And if not, and if not, you've got all that stuff. I definitely will be, I definitely would be addressing this. And and if not only because of the way, the two things that guy said that uh, would have definitely made me see this through to the end. So yeah, totally handle this. Make make a call once you have all your shit together instead of them being like, all right, well then, you know, get your stuff and have them call me. Like do all that stuff first before you call. See if you can just handle this shit through your credit card company. That's the thing. I'm not trying to be a dick, but, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not because you have more experience in this arena, but like, is the is the bartender at the bowling alley that's also doing kids' birthday parties like the best bartender? Like, do, is that a guy that you think is like super buttoned up? I don't know. Maybe he is. I I have my doubts. So I think it's what Kyle said. It's pretty easy. Like, just dispute the charge. Like, call the call the manager. Call the the bowling alley back. You know a person. I, it should be pretty easy to get reversed. It's this isn't a chalk it up to the game situation though. Like that no. guy is likely wrong, and you have the proof, and it's a hundred bucks. There's no way that you're just going to take the L on that. And he was a dick, which was a cherry. And he's a dick. It's a fair point by Saruti. I've never seen an episode of Bar Rescue where John Taffer introduces his expert mixologist as Ralph from Sizzler's Lanes <laughs> out of Mizzou. There's likely a couple yeah. people that just got offended, but yeah, that's all right. I'm, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm sure there are some great... Like, why aren't we doing more drafts? Like, drafts I love a bowling just, alley bar. Just, I, what, what the fuck is this? Cran, what? Just Johnny's like, I think I just you gotta go drafts on drafts on drafts. What what's the issue? Uh yeah, you know, Steve, there there could be a couple of bowling bartenders that'll hear this pod and fucking despise you for the rest <laughs> of your lives. Uh life. No. But I, I do think that it's a it's at least a conversation point. Right? Bowling alley <laughs> bartenders and pilots. You're really racking up the enemies, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like if it wasn't a kid, if there wasn't also a kid's birth, like there are those adult bowling alleys that are sick and they have awesome bars. And I'm sure they're like, you have, you know, it's probably a tough Dude, lucky strike. Met my, met my wife there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that birth, kid's birthday party bar is the, is, is the one I'm talking about, but Hey man, maybe I'm wrong. Hey, I don't care the, your friends with the owners. I don't, you hacked your phone. <laughs> this guy, I don't know that anybody should be defending him here. <laughs> yeah, correct. So, uh, we'll probably have a bowling alley bartender sh- just be like, this guy does not represent us, you know? So. Mm. Oh, what's that? Like TD? God, I can't trust TD Bank. No, no. Don't trust the technology. <laughs> Chase, Chase, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, what do you got? One of the maps? Oh, yeah. Those tell the truth. <laughs> Bring me some paper. <laughs> Bring me some real paper. <laughs> Business is still done on what? paper. I know. <laughs> Limitless paper in a paperless world. All right. <laughs> Life advice has been brought to you by State Farm. Prepare yourself for life's what ifs with State Farm. When you need to move quickly, get in touch with an agent right away using the State Farm app. And for those more complicated situations, they have agents in the field ready to answer your questions in real life. Just call up your agent or head into your local State Farm office for a more personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. That's life advice. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Steve. Uh, thanks to Chicago. And we're out of here. We'll be back on Sunday with Bill and I, the Ryan Russell Podcast, Ringer Spotify. Spotify.